Basically, birds of a feather flock together, and we want to make sure that you are broadening who you're learning from, who you interact with, who you engage with, the type of content that you consume. The more you broaden what influences you, the easier it becomes for you to decenter yourself because you're getting a broader perspective as you engage and listen to other people. Welcome to Inclusion and Marketing, a show that's all about giving you the skill and insights you need to win the attention, adoration, and loyalty of more consumers, especially those with differences that are often ignored by brands. I'm your host, Sonia Thompson, a marketer and someone with a lot of differences. Let's get to it. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. A while back, one of my uncles posted something, a meme on Facebook that I I loved it. I loved it from the very first time that I saw it. He posted it maybe one or two times afterwards. And I just, I it just stuck with me ever since. And it said, the first thing that you should know about me is I'm not you. Everything else, everything else will ma- become clearer after that. And I just, I sat with it for a long while. And it was just reminded that So many of the conflicts that we encounter, so many disagreements, so many judgments, misunderstandings that people have with others are often because people are expecting others to think, behave, and do things and believe in the same way that we would. And that's a really tall order to ask of anyone. One, because we're all unique, we're all individuals. And that's the beauty of us being diverse individuals and free and being able to have our own mind because we're free to do that. There's so many varying ways to think and operate. So as we think about inclusion and building an inclusive brand and making more people feel like they belong, tackling this common challenge is really going to become even more important. So here in the U.S., we're just a couple of days away from celebrating Thanksgiving, which kicks off the holiday season as we move into the end of the year. And a lot of times um, that means people are going to be surrounded at a holiday table with relatives, with friends, and there's probably going to be a number of opportunities for people to have discussions, have disagreements, and it's because people are coming together that think differently, that behave differently, have different philosophies. And if we walk into these engagements, these gatherings, not just 
for Thanksgiving and the holiday season, but anytime we're interacting with another person, remember, this person isn't me. And because this person isn't me, that doesn't mean that they're going to behave the way that I would do things. So the key lesson here to remember is inclusion requires you decentering yourself in a number of core areas. So let's walk through a few. First off is you have to decenter yourself and your lived experiences if you want to be able to connect and engage and see other people. Why is that important? Because your own personal lived experiences are limited. They're limited to every scenario that you've got in your life, all the circumstances, and no one else that you're going to meet has the exact same lived experience as you. And because no one else has those same lived experiences, their points of reference are going to be different. Their way of viewing things, how they're influenced is going to be different. So I'll give you an example of how your own personal lived experiences can limit your frame of reference and how you're able to connect and even think about what the experiences might be like for other people. Um, So using me as an example, prior to Luna being born, I basically was walking around on my own two feet. And once Luna was born, I started having to push around a stroller. Only then did I become even aware of so many different scenarios where locations were not designed for people who are moving on wheels, whether that's in a wheelchair, whether that's a stroller or something else. Granted, there are a number of places that are required by law to have accessibility measures in place, but every place doesn't follow that. And sometimes, even whenever they are following it, it isn't very convenient. It's cumbersome. It's labor-intensive. It requires a lot of friction. And depending upon where you go, um, whether you're outside of the U.S. or in other parts of the world, those laws could be completely different. The thought never, ever crossed my mind to even consider whether or not ramps were compliant or they were convenient or they were delivering a good experience. Once I started experiencing it for myself through the lens of having to push around a stroller and having it not always be the easiest thing to do, only then did my mind open up and I start to consider the lived experiences of people who deal with this on a daily basis not by choice, but by necessity. Your own lived experiences are a limiting factor. So as you're engaging and relating with other people and trying to see them and their experiences, you have to decenter your own lived experiences to do that. Second, you need to decenter your own frame of reference and your perspective. Just because you've developed a perspective on something, whether it's through your experience, through engaging and interacting with others and even considering that, that still doesn't mean that you are fully versed or fully equipped to make a decision that is going to be the end-all, be-all, and that is going to be right for communities that you want to serve. So I was working with a client recently, and I was doing an interview with a woman who had been working hard to engage the Asian American community. It was for a healthcare brand, 
and they had worked really hard to make sure that they had proper representation in the visual imagery that they were putting forth. But whenever they went and tested the materials, uh, someone came back and said, some of the feedback that came back and said, this image isn't realistic. In a situation as it relates to health, a diagnosis, something that's serious, we would never be depicted alone in the situation. We'd always be surrounded by family. At least one family member would be there supporting us, uplifting us, being there by our side. And so the experience and the perspective that this brand team, this marketing team had brought, even though that was years of perspective, they still needed to decenter their perspective so that they could actually center the perspective and the point of view of the people that they were serving. And as a result, they would have discovered earlier on that representation needed to be or would have been more authentic and true had they brought in the perspective of others, specifically the people that they wanted to serve. Another area where it's very common for people to center themselves, that we need to work on decentering ourselves, is through your traditions. I know they feel like they're timeless. I know they feel like they're things that you don't want to change, but sometimes traditions are harmful. Sometimes traditions are exclusionary. And as we start thinking about how can we make more people feel like they belong, we have to change our traditions, expand our traditions, and maybe even shed or break our traditions so that we can bring other people along and create new ones. So I saw on Instagram last week a story from a friendship coach. Her name is Danielle Bayard-Jackson. And she was talking about how she had walked into the mall. And because I mentioned before it's holiday season, she saw a Black Santa at the mall. She's a Black woman and she was excited about the Black Santa. She was thinking about, okay, when can I bring my son to see this Black Santa? He's really going to love it. But what interrupted her thought and her excitement was she saw this couple, um, and it was a white couple, I believe she said, who was looking at the Santa. I'm paraphrasing based upon what she said in her stories. And what she did hear them say was, really, Black Santa? As in, they felt like it was being taken too far. Like, Black Santa isn't really a thing. Why do we have a need for Black Santa? And then later on, she posted an article that showed that Mall of America in Minnesota, which is the largest mall in the world, had posted an article talking about for the first time this year, they were going to have some Asian Santas in addition to a Black Santa and other types of cultural Santas. Because the reality is most Santas that you see are white, right? Even though that might be tradition, holding on to your traditions of what you are used to doesn't pave the way for you to be inclusive of other people. Danielle had talked about how excited she was to be able to bring her son to see a Black Santa. And I'm sure there were a number of Black little kids who were going to be elated to see a Black Santa at you know their local mall or wherever they go. Or there are going to be a number of people who are going to be elated to see an Asian Santa. People need to see themselves or who they aspire to be reflected in the visual imagery that your brand puts forth. And visual imagery comes in all shapes and sizes, all formats. It's not just about the photos that you put in your brochures or on your social media. 
it also translates into the imagery that you put forth as you're honoring different traditions. So we need to challenge what we are accustomed to in our own traditions and decenter those so that we can make way not only for other people's traditions, but for other people to experience traditions that are very common in a way that is most meaningful to them. Another tradition that happens that I've had to adjust to personally is um, my family, we eat dinner at nine o'clock at night. And my family, I mean my immediate family, me, Jonathan, Luna, our dog Mora. Why do we do that? Because we're sticking with a very Argentine tradition. And it's not just in Argentina, but in Argentine culture in particular, since that is where my husband is from, they eat dinner late at night. A lot of times the restaurants don't even open for dinner until at least 8 p.m. So there are plenty of people who eat late, but my parents eat dinner at five o'clock. I think my sisters and plenty of other people that I know eat dinner at six, seven, maybe the latest. The traditions are different based upon the cultures, what you've grown accustomed to. And since we moved from Argentina here to Florida, we have continued to move with the tradition based upon what we did in Argentina. And there's no one right way eating dinner at nine o'clock versus eating dinner at six o'clock or seven o'clock or even 4 p.m. It's just acknowledging that there are different ways to do it. So we have to decenter our traditions again to make room for other people to bring theirs in, to celebrate and to operate as they see fit in a way that makes sense for them. Moving along, another area that we need to focus on decentering ourselves is in our knowledge base. And this will open a number of doors in helping you to be able to better connect with and engage with other people, especially those with different backgrounds from you. I'll give you an example of when I personally had to do this. A couple of years ago, I went and I was visiting Brazil and I had made it to Sao Paulo and I was walking around And I went to the subway because I was going to a museum. And I just remember looking at all the people in the subway. Like I was just mesmerized by the number of people walking around. And the fact that they were all walking around in a very orderly fashion, like in this queue, it seemed so organized given the amount of people that there were. And I just remember I'm like, there are so many people And this is so different from New York. Like, it just feels like there's so many more people than New York because New York was, at that time, in my mind, was my biggest frame of reference for the amount of people or for the city that I have been in with the largest number of people. Looking back now, that's not actually true. I've been to other cities with more people um, than are in New York City. But whenever I got back to my hotel room later that evening, I went and I looked up the population of Sao Paulo and the population of New York City. And I realized Sao Paulo was like so much bigger. I think by like, I think at the time I was like, New York was 9 million people and Sao Paulo was like 13. It was a significant difference. And I just had to sit there and be like, huh, it's not that anybody told me New York was bigger. It was just, I had centered my own frame of reference. I centered my own knowledge base. And that was really limiting. I'm thankful that I went and looked it up and and I'm thankful that I was able to expand my way of thinking, but it just 
got me to thinking about how oftentimes we just limit ourselves based upon what we know. And our knowledge bases can always grow, can always be bigger. And there's always going to be something that we don't know. So if we recognize from the beginning, especially as we are interacting and engaging with others, most all of us do a better job of decentering our own knowledge base, knowing that there's something to learn and there might be some biases that exist in there. That will help us to expand our way of thinking and better engage with other people. And one additional way that we should all work on decentering ourselves as we're trying to work to better engage with other people, particularly those who are different from us, is by decentering your way as the way of doing things. So again, a couple of months back, I was planning a family reunion with one of my cousins. And I generally end up sitting out the communications about the family reunion. And we were going to New Orleans. So I sent out an email to everybody saying, hey, y'all, it's confirmed. We're going to New Orleans on these dates. This is the hotel if you want to stay here. And just kind of giving all the details. And one family member wrote me an email back and wrote it just to me, basically saying, hey, can you let me know like what things are there to do in New Orleans? And I remember like just sitting there and I responded to the email with an article that I found that was basically a list of things to do in New Orleans. And I Googled it, right? Like I Googled it. It took me three seconds to Google. And I was sitting there just kind of grumbling, thinking like, why didn't this person just do it themselves? Like, why was it necessary to, in the time that it took to email me to ask me what was there to do in New Orleans, they could have just Googled it and found it. Like, it was just so many articles and I just picked one. And I remember complaining about it to my sister and she's like, well, remember, this family member is in a different generation. That's one. Second, everyone's default isn't to Google things. Sometimes they want to be presented with the information. Sometimes they want to go based upon recommendations from other people. Or sometimes they want curated um, responses versus having to go and look and sift through everything. Basically, what she was saying is everybody doesn't operate the way that you do. Googling something isn't everyone's default. That doesn't make me right or that family member wrong. It just makes us different. And sometimes that comes through generations Sometimes that comes through lived experiences. It doesn't matter what it is. We all are going to have different ways of doing things. So we should save ourselves the trouble of getting frustrated unnecessarily with these people whenever they behave and operate in a manner that's different from the way that we would because they are not us, right? So decentering ourselves and all those examples of ways that we should actively work to decenter ourselves will lay the foundation for empathy. You cannot be inclusive. You cannot build an inclusive brand without being empathetic, without taking the time to understand the plight of others, to walk a mile in their shoes. And basically, by definition, being empathetic means that you are not centering yourself. Empathy, by the way, fuels good marketing. The better you understand the people that you're serving, the better you're equipped and you know about what it is that their plight is, the better you can develop product, services, and experiences 
that make them feel seen, that make them feel like they belong, and that help them know that going with you is absolutely what they need to do because you get them like none other. So let's talk about some quick principles to remember as it relates to decentering yourself. We'll get right into those after this quick break. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don? Or John? Or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs in a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. All right, here are a couple of quick principles to remember that will not steer you wrong as you think about um, how to decent yourself and be more inclusive of other people. First off, what's weird for you is normal for others. For some people, eating dinner at nine o'clock is weird. For other people, eating dinner at six o'clock is weird. It doesn't matter whether it's eating your food, whether it's how fast you get married, whether it's how you raise your children. What's normal for you may be weird for somebody else, and what's weird for you may be normal for someone else. A second principle to consider is what is weird or no big deal for you could have a very big impact on other people. So going back to that story about Black Santa, for that couple that was overheard saying like Black Santa, it might seem weird to them that there would be a Black Santa, but that's because their frame of reference is limited. But seeing a Black Santa is a big deal for a little Black kid, right? So just because something feels weird for us doesn't negate the impact that it could have on other people. And we need to think about that and start to open ourselves up. And a lot of times what people are really feeling is that I'm not accustomed to this. This is a new way of doing things. This isn't how I am used to doing things, right? So once we start to recognize what that actually means or the, the feelings behind what's associated with how we're reacting to something that is different from the way that we do things or our traditions, then it opens us up to look beyond ourselves to see the impact of doing something in a different way may have on others. So maybe gentle parenting is weird for you because that's something that you're not used to, you're not used to seeing, but It could be that it makes a big impact on both the parents and the children who are doing it. There are so many examples um, of where this could play out, but just remember, just because something is new or not what you're accustomed to doesn't mean that it doesn't make an impact on other people. And we're in the business of making an impact and transformation. So we need to think that through. 
And one last principle to remember, and this one kind of is the through line throughout all of this, is that there's more than one way. Your way isn't necessarily the right way. The other person across the street, their way isn't necessarily the right way. Your way is a way. The person next to you, their way is another way. There is no one right way to do something in so many instances, in the vast majority of cases. So once we accept that there's more than one way to do something, then it just opens the door. Now, granted, you and your business might establish this is how we do this. This is how we operate. You're going to establish some norms. But even within those norms, there might be slight differences in how people approach it, right? So once we establish that the people that we're engaging with are individuals, and because we're individuals, we're all going to have our own way of doing things, it makes it so much easier as we think about how can we make others feel seen and not ashamed, not looked down on, and not wrong because they're doing something that is different from the way that you would do it. Okay, so how can you actively work on decentering yourself? Because this is a practice. It's something that you can think about, right? But really, there are practical things that you can do to keep this top of mind and to help you along with that. First up is to diversify your circle of influence. Basically, birds of a feather flock together, and we want to make sure that you are broadening who you're learning from, who you interact with, who you engage with, the type of content that you consume. The more you broaden what influences you, the easier it becomes for you to decenter yourself because you're getting a broader perspective as you engage and listen to other people. So that might mean watching different shows on television or listening to different types of podcasts, following different kinds of people on social media, reading articles or comments of people who think differently from you. There are a number of ways you can build relationships with different types of people, go to different types of conferences. The list is endless of how you can work on broadening your circle of influence. But the more types of people who think differently, look differently, have different lived experiences from you that you're engaging with on a regular basis, the easier it becomes to recognize that decentering yourself will help you go a lot further and give you a broader perspective on how to better engage with the diversity of people that are in the world. And a second thing that you can do to actively work on decentering yourself is to develop a deep degree of customer intimacy by building relationships with the people that you want to serve. The best way to do this, of course, is through immersion and spending as much time as you possibly can with the communities, people who are part of the communities that you want to serve because you're in it. You're seeing their plight, you're observing it, you're hearing what they say in the commentary and how they respond, how they engage and interact. There are ways to do this beyond, like, let's say you don't have to move to another country or move to be a part of the community, but just purely spending time with them and building relationships with a broad array of people who are part of the community you want to serve will quickly help you to decenter yourself because you're going to be filled with the experience of the people that you want to serve. So focus on building those relationships, 
listen to what they listen to, watch what they watch, talk to them, you know, whether that can be interviews or just having conversations, regular check-ins, customer service calls, spend time with the people and understand how their experiences could be different, especially the people who are from underrepresented and underserved communities, spend time learning how their experiences are different from the masses. You can do this through market research. Market research can help you in doing that, but don't limit yourself to like just reading research reports. Get in there and build relationships with the people that you want to serve. It'll work wonders for you. And then lastly, actively look for opportunities to practice empathy. Opportunities are endless. Opportunities are everywhere. And if we just actively look for ways that we can put ourselves in the shoes of others, walk a mile in their shoes, and really just consider things from their perspective, it'll make a world of difference and it'll really train you and help you work that muscle of decentering yourself. We are in the home stretch. Now let's talk quickly about how decentering yourself improves your marketing. First off, it just helps you think more broadly about the different types of people who have the problem that your business solves. So going back to the example that I used at the beginning where I was talking about pushing around a stroller and it made me become completely aware of people who might be in wheelchairs and all the people who had come before me who had been in strollers who were struggling trying to move around and maneuver because they hadn't been thought of. So a lot of times people think of the customers that they're serving as they're creating a profile, thinking about their avatar. They create profiles of people who are often like them or they create profiles that are of the most privileged identities. But if you start to engage with a broader number of people, decenter yourself and whatever privileges that you have in your own experiences, then it helps you get a better view of all the different types of people who have the problem that your business solves. Even just putting them in your purview positions you to deliver products, services, and experiences that will serve them in a way that makes them feel seen and like they belong. And of course, once you've thought more broadly about who it is that you're serving, you can then actively work on making the changes in your marketing that helps you serve them better. You can make adjustments based upon what it is that you know people's plight is, how certain things make them feel, how certain parts of your customer experience might make them feel seen, how they might make them feel triggered, or whatever it is, you can deliver experiences that better serve the underrepresented and underserved communities that you're working to engage once you have a better, clearer view that centers them as part of what it is that you're working on and trying to deliver rather than you and your team. This is hard stuff, right? Like, Because it requires us to reprogram the way that we're probably have been thinking and operating for a long time. But I promise you, if you do this, if you start working on building your muscle of decentering yourself, you will be in much better equipped to serve others. And as you serve them, you will start to see a lot of beautiful results, both in their experiences, but in terms of your business as well, once you make more people feel like they belong. Decentering is essential to belonging, and belonging is essential to building an inclusive brand. That's it for today's episode. If you like the show, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating 
and review for it in your podcast player of choice and even subscribe so you never miss a show. As well, feel free to share this with a friend. This will also help get the word out. And I personally think that more people practicing inclusion, belonging, and decentering themselves will make the world a better place. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your questions. So go ahead to inclusivemarketing.co slash voicemail and leave me a voicemail. I'll play your comments. I'll play your questions on the show and I'll answer them and respond back. So let's build community and have a dialogue. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure that more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon.